Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mech. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous. And in this episode, it takes place in one of the many exotic locations of the show. So right up there with China and Mordonia. Our episode takes place in uh, the far-off locale of Indianapolis, Indiana. What a magical, strange land. That's right. This is episode 22, Intrigue at the Indy 500. This episode is actually close to uh, my heart and Max's heart because we are both from Indiana ourselves. I don't think either of us actually know boo about Indy 500 races aside from where they take place. But my parents are race fans. They primarily focus on NASCAR, which uh, is different from the stock car racing of the Indy 500. But the Indy 500 was still a huge thing in my house. Even if I was just kind of a vestigial entity who would drift through the rooms, look confused, and then steal the food from the parties and go back to my room. And actually, this is the home state of the episode's writer, Roger Slifer, as well. Roger Slifer, you may remember as the executive producer of Gem of the Holograms, as well as several other shows from the 80s, including My Little Pony Tales and, uh, and Transformers. He is also the co creator of the character Lobo. So I'm guessing Roger Slifer didn't write a whole lot of episodes. I'm guessing they just sort of tapped him on the shoulder to write this episode because it's like, hey, you know what Indiana is, right? You've like seen a race car. But oddly enough, it still gets so many things wrong. So this sounds like someone who was raised among Indy 500 fans and remembers something of it. We begin our episode in somebody's apartment. Maybe it's a hotel room with wood paneling. I'm not really clear where we are. It's got a kitchen, whatever it is. Yeah, the important thing is Pizzazz is terrible at darts. She's throwing darts at a picture of Eric, and it's got little devil horns drawn on it. Which, like, he doesn't need help with that. His hair already makes devil horns. Yeah, but after she's thrown all the darts, Roxy's like, you missed the bullseye, which actually did crack me up, that line. Uh, She's also like, I want to go, which are words never spoken about Indianapolis by anybody from out of state, except when we hosted the Super Bowl that one year. Stormer's making breakfast, which is notable because Pizzazz steals an egg and throws it at what would have been the picture of Eric, only the door opens and Eric himself gets egged. Can we talk about the egg carton that she grabs us from for a moment? It's a closed egg carton, but there are little dimples on the top for eggs to sit on. It is a double-decker egg carton. I find this really funny because what if that had been a dart Pizzazz? What if Eric had opened the door and gotten a dart in the eye, pizzazz? To be fair, though, I kind of feel Eric is is deserving to get egged here. He's wearing his directing outfit, complete with cravat. See, to me, I called this Eric Raymond's safari outfit because he looks like he's going on a hunting safari to kill a lion. Eric, it turns out, is in his little, like, safari director cravat outfit because he's going to a pre-500 party for all the racers and the misfits are not invited for some reason. Probably for good reason. I mean, when is inviting them anywhere gone well? Uh, But he does promise that the misfits are going to play in the victory celebration. There's this one point in this where he's, you know, he's wiped the thing off his face with with this cloth. And he's holding the picture of himself with the extra added demon horns, thanks pizzazz. And he makes a check mark on his face with egg yolk? He dabs it with like, I think he's trying to clean it off with some kind of blue cloth that I think is supposed to be his cravat. But he just kind of like dabs yolk on it and it looks like a check mark. It's It's weird. I'm choosing to ignore it in lieu of the party where Eric is getting his hand crushed by Andre the Giant. I wrote down Andre the Giant too. Oh my God. (laughs) He looks like Andre the Giant. If he would just be a consistent size, he would absolutely be Andre the Giant. The thing is that this Andre the Giant is working for the mob. Eric is actually getting involved with the for real mob. Organized crime, Eric? Really? 
really. And this guy's name is Vice. What mob presence is there in Indiana? Speaking as someone from that state, what mob presence do we have? What do we have to offer the mafia? More than you'd think, less than you'd hope. As a person interested in crime, we do actually have a lot of gang and mob presence, but guess what, Annie? It's nowhere near Indy. It's up by Chicago in Gary. Well, yeah, because Gary is a crapple. Don't let the music man tell you anything else. Anyway, Eric's apparently cheating in the race. Big surprise. Yeah, he says that the engine in his man's car is, quote, not regulation, which means it goes fast. Is that what I'm picking up here? And that nobody is going to inspect the vehicle beforehand? Eric also has a bookie and he puts all of the briefcase money that he has just acquired on car 007, which has a 10 to 1. Subtle. I don't even think that's how Indy 500 car numbers work. Nope. But they're worried about, what's what's the racer's name? The guy who's won the last three times. Martino Granzetti. Yeah, they're worried about Martino Granzetti winning the race anyway. Eric says that he bribed Martino's sponsor to drop out of the race. Let's talk about the fact that this man's name is Martino Granzetti. Uh, the Indy 500 racer was uh, Mario Andretti. And he's pretty famous, does a lot of uh, interviews, especially for NASCAR. This is a reference name? Yeah, uh, there's Mario Andretti. He's like this Italian-American world champion racing driver. He was super successful, won hundreds of races, I think. So this is just him, but not. Yeah, exactly. I I literally just know it because uh, when my family was watching the NASCAR and I would wander vaguely through the room so I could steal some of my mom's uh, famous chip dip, he would be interviewed to talk about the competition and he'd be like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And my stepdad would be like, do you know who this is? And I'd be like, no, I don't really care. Thank you. I've learned something today. You've completely ruined my joke. You're welcome. But it's okay because the holograms are about to descend from the ceiling and nothing is more amazing than that. Yep, they announce uh, Martino's new sponsor, Starlight Music, and then the holograms perform on a star descending from the ceiling. Were they up there the whole time? I think they were, and Eric has been completely horrified by this. Nobody noticed that there was a star hanging from the ceiling with people on it that are just waiting to be lowered? They were just kind of sitting there, like maybe crouched, because that ceiling doesn't look that high. And then they sing a a song that is completely innuendo. Song is called I'm Coming From Behind and I Can't Say That Without Laughing. I I don't mean to put our minds in the gutter here, but I swear every single line in here is a double entendre. And the first shot of this video after they descend from the ceiling is just Eric Raymond's epic face palm. He just puts his head in his hands. Like, oh, great. I'm done. We're done. Everything's ruined. And the misfits are here. Oh, I can see where this is going. Shenanigans are about to happen. I was trying to just do some illegal things and now shenanigans are going to happen. Also, I want to point out that their costumes, like everyone has gold laurel shoulder pads. The best part of this music video to me are the cuts back and forth. From the weird yellow-blue schmear that Jim is walking through to just these cuts of these guys watching. And, you know, mostly it's the Mafia guys and Eric, and they're, like, burying their faces in their hands or glowering at the camera. Except for there's the announcer who they occasionally uh, they occasionally turn to. And he just stares at Jim rapturously and gives her a thumbs up with a cheesy grin. So outside, the misfits have arrived. They're in party outfits, and they're like, how are we going to get in? And Pizzazz is like, step back. I know what to do here. It's a party involving cars, right? Let's steal a car. So they jacked the rockin' roadster. So do you think they hotwired the roadster? It turns on by pressing the radio, right? They didn't need keys. So inside, the song's over. Martino comes up and he wants to thank Jerrica. And he's asking like, well, where's Jerrica, Jem? And Jem is like, and her stupid excuse is blown out of the water because the misfits, here they come. 
They literally drive into the party in the Rocket Roadster and start driving around because this ballroom's apparently huge. While shouting, this'll teach you not to invite the misfits. You know what kind of confused me? Like, just a minor side point. When Pizzazz points at the Rockin' Roadster, she doesn't say the Rockin' Roadster. She says a Rockin' Roadster. So there's more than one. This is a common make of car. Martino decides that the best idea available to solve this problem is he's going to climb into another car that's on display, which has the keys in it. In the ignition, even. And he's just going to drive around and chase the misfits through the ballroom. You have to fight cars with cars. Haven't you ever seen the Indy 500? So he chases them around. Eventually, we get our usual thing of uh, Pizzazz gets distracted and someone shouts, Pizzazz, look out. And then they crash into the kitchen through doors as wide as a garage. And then they're kicked out by burly chefs. They point out that they're there with they're with Eric, so all four of them get tossed out. Yeah, they just throw Eric under the bus. And meanwhile, the mafia boss's confidence has maybe been shaken just a bit. So he tells Andre the Giant to, quote, handle it. And so he does by uh, wrecking Martino's car in the garage that night. Yeah, Andre the Giant, with his bare hands, sabotages Martino's car. And uh, the next day, Martino is driving the quote-unquote Starlight Special in the qualifier. Correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Mac, but a qualifier is basically, it's sort of a time run. Uh, It determines what your place is going to be in the race, uh, in the starting thing. So kind of like how in Mario Kart, if you win the race, you're further up ahead, except they do it by qualifying races by speed. So Martino's doing his qualifier. And nobody has apparently inspected this car at all. There's no pit crew. There's no inspection. And the holograms are all at the base of a scaffold, atop which Rio is standing with a camera hoping to get publicity photos. Rio's a photographer now. I'm going to call shenanigans on Rio being a good enough photographer with a regular freaking camera to get a good photo of an indie stock car speeding by. Especially one that apparently is setting a new qualifying record. The car starts skidding and whatever and it heads directly into rio and that's our commercial break this car is going to kill rio hooray rio is like visibly wrecked rest in pieces rio you were the worst memento mori don't buy rio's dolls don't buy our dolls and rio won't survive can we call in to like a hotline to have rio murdered by the joker as we come back from our commercial break though that does not actually seem to be the case Jerrica carries some flowers into a room labeled intensive care unit, leading me to believe that these two beds makes up the entire intensive care wing of the hospital. I didn't know Indiana hospitals were that tiny. Yeah, they are. That's that's the truth. They're in Indianapolis, so they're probably at, like, what, St. Vincent? Yeah, definitely at St. Vincent. Calling shenanigans on that. Look, I'm going to sit here and take pot shots at your home state, and you're going to take it, okay? Hey, at least our milk doesn't come in bags. You say that, but in a few minutes, Annie, we're going to be seeing a hot dog stand that sells iced milk. Anyway, Jerrica comes into the hospital room and sees a guy in traction and assumes it must be Rio and goes to like embrace him and say, oh, Rio, I'm so worried about you. But nope, it's Martino in traction. Yeah, and and Jerrica has no peripheral vision. Because Rio's in the bed right next to her. In a leg cast. And she like kisses him and he's like, remind me of being a car crash every week. Okay, Rio, we can do that for you. So- The car was obviously tampered with. Jerrica smashes the flowers that she brought onto the bedside table and says, Eric must have been behind it. And Rio says, it's not his style. Yes, it is. How? How is it not his style? 
Well, how would you identify his style, Rio? But anyway, she gives the wrecked flowers to Rio, which is hilarious. There's definitely the question of what are we going to do now? Because the car has been completely totaled and Martino's in a body cast. So Jerrica decides later that they are going to take one problem at a time. So they go to the garage. She's decided the holograms are going to fix the car. A bunch of glam rockers from California are going to rebuild an Indy 500 stock car. And Jerrica says, we have a friend who's an excellent mechanic. And when she said that, I was like, you, you mean Aja? But no, she's not talking about Aja. She's talking about Synergy. Yeah, Synergy's not a mechanic. She's a music computer who can hack credit card records. But no, apparently it's as easy to build a car as it is to build Ikea furniture. Hey, you just gotta like put the thing in the stuff in the place. Uh, yeah. Synergy just projects like Lego instructions. There's just like screwdrivers, right? I mean, that's pretty much all it takes to rebuild a frickin' car. But we get this rebuild over the montage of a music video back in shape. This whole montage is really in completely improbable, but I really like this song. I do too. It's a cute song. It is ridiculously 80s and it's very catchy. I like it. It's an 80s let's build the thing montage. And also Rio's in the music video. Yeah, there's there's like one bit where she goes to kiss him in the hospital and then like half-assed physiotherapy. It's a metaphor. So is Rio the metaphor for the car or is the car a metaphor for Rio? Uh, it's a metaphor for man's inhumanity towards man. There might be some nature versus nurture in there too. I, I haven't really analyzed it. So we switch to the garage three days later because the race is going to start in a few hours and Rio is there in his cast and he delivers a neg is his first line. Wow, I'm impressed. I never thought you could do it in time for the race. Yeah, the most patronizing praise possible from Rio. Thank you, Rio. And of course, he follows this up with like the best line because he's like, well, who's going to drive it? Martino's still in the hospital and my leg's still in a cast. Rio automatically assumed that he would be the one to drive the car. The only reason he can't is because his leg is in a cast. Rio thinks he is eligible to drive a race car. Rio thinks this is something he's qualified to do by default. Like he would, he's like, it's Martino, the best race car driver in the world. And then right below him on the list is Rio Pacheco, some purple haired idiot who manages a band a little bit. The first time that Mackenzie and I watched this episode together, we had to pause it right there, rewatch that line a couple of times and then stop for like a half hour because we could not deal with this. He delivers a neg and then immediately he says, I'm capable to drive a race car. Or I would be if my leg weren't in a cast. Like that's the only thing stopping me from winning this race for you. Instead, we come to the race and Jem is driving the car. A glam rocker is driving in the Indy 500. Uh, were there that many female racers in the Indy 500 at the time? Female participants were actively discouraged for a long while. They weren't even allowed in the pit area until 1971, and they started being allowed in 1977. So this is actually just about 10 years after Lady Drivers started being allowed. She doesn't even have to do a, a new qualifying race. She gets Martino's qualifier because of reasons. Right, which means she's in the first row. The most important thing about this, though, is that we see Pizzazz and the Misfits up in the stands, and Pizzazz's binoculars have the same pattern on them as her makeup. Glam binoculars. These things are the greatest things ever, and I hope to God they sold them in stores. I want those more than I've ever wanted anything else in my life. Can you imagine her going to the opera with those? Oh my God. Do you think she has opera glasses versions of those with like the little stick? Absolutely. She doesn't even like opera. She just goes. The race begins. Jem and Card 007 are actually pulling out ahead. They are actually in the lead right now. We've, we're maybe about five minutes into, uh, how long would you say an Indy 500 race last, Mac? Oh, forever. 
I remember being taken to this several times, but my biggest memory of it is when my band was actually playing in the final lap. We went there and we were there for the whole time and it was it was like an eight hour fiasco and I just wanted to nap. This is going to take a while. This is a whole day thing. But within the first five minutes, Jem and 007 are pulling out ahead of each other. Uh, we find out a couple of things in quick succession. First, that the mafia men wear brown suits. Second, that Pizzazz in a dramatic zoom in wants a hot dog with mustard. And third, that Eric knows exactly where his, where his bookie is and he's off to change his bet. His bookie is running the hot dog stand in the stadium. He's selling coffee, ice cream, ice milk, and hot dogs. Ice milk. No sodas. And so there was a big argument in my apartment last night over what ice milk could imply. Because I was saying it was probably something like Game of Thrones, where basically you take milk, you mix it with a tiny bit of sweetener, and you pour it over ice. It's, it's good. Nick was saying, however, that this was Indiana. And we have lived in Indiana most of our lives, Mackenzie. This is probably milk that was stored far too back in the fridge, so it kind of froze and it's kind of gross. And that's what you're drinking. Who wants to drink milk in a hot stadium? That's a great question. Why are there no sodas? And he runs up. And he says, Jem's going to win the race. I need to change my bet to Jem. And the hot dog guy is like, you know what? Sure. I mean, all you got to do is pay the commission for the new bet. So Eric forks over the cash and gets a receipt and a hot dog bun. So the Jem car pulls into the pit where there is no pit crew. There is the holograms. And also Rio's here. But he's not actually helping. No, he's just sort of fretting. About how come he's not the driver. And the uh, the 007 car is also pulled in for a pit stop. And Pizzazz is here. Pizzazz has decided to take matters into her own hands. She just deadlifts the guy out of that car. Holy crud, right? She just demands, don't you know how to drive, and forcibly lifts a heavy guy in racing gear out of the car. Without even, like, breaking a sweat or wincing. Pizzazz has super strength. This has to confirm it. And the pit crew runs with it because they're terrified of her, probably. Wouldn't you be? And they just put a helmet on her and send her on her way. Yep, and she wrecks a bunch of other cars as she does so. Immediately, while shouting, out of the way, you morons. And Eric's life is so difficult right now. They pull the yellow flag, they set the pace car out while they get rid of all the, the derelict race cars and probably take all of the drivers to the hospital. We get back to the regular race. Pizzazz is ahead. Jem is right behind her. And then Jem crashes into an empty indie card that's just sitting on the track. And that's actually another commercial break. So we uh, so we have a Memento Mori by our gem doll and probably also this race car that, that we're also selling, I imagine. When we come back, uh, the announcer is saying that Jem is out of the race. Uh, so Eric freaks out again and goes to change his bet. You almost said flirted. And honestly, I want to note that the hot dog vendor and Eric here do kind of flirt. Well, the hot dog vendor flirts at him. He's very amicable about the whole thing. Because, you know, he's getting money out of this. What does he care? But he changes his bet back to car 007, now with pizzazz. Yeah, why would you ever bet on pizzazz? I mean, I guess her rage can sustain her for a while, but we're talking about a really long race here. Yeah, she's going to run out of angry pretty quick. And then she's going to get really bored about all these left turns. Rio runs over to Jem. Jem, it turns out, is fine. And she uh, she drives into the pit. He bleats at her, I don't know what I would do if anything happened to you. And Jem's like, out of my way, loser. I got a race to win. She does. She does manage to slip out a Rio, which we have to assume has a, has a silent O in front of it. Everybody's like, well, I guess I guess we're done. And Jem's like, what are you doing? The race isn't over. And Kimber, it's not? Kimber doesn't know how this works. She hasn't been paying attention at all. Look, you go fast, you turn left. And then we cut to our misfit song of the episode, Ahead of the Game. 
Where Jem is terrorized by playing cards and chess pieces. It's a car race with chess pieces and uh, and playing cards. That's, that's pretty much the whole song. I really didn't have any other notes about it. All that really happens is some abstract symbolism involving game pieces, and then Jem catches up to Pizzazz. And then says, uh, help me out here, Synergy. Synergy torments Pizzazz with another tiny Pizzazz. Claims to be Pizzazz's conscience. Distracts her, tries to say, like, you know, don't you think you should stop cheating? She hasn't really done, aside from not being a race car driver. Yeah, aside from the fact that she entered the race illegally, she hasn't really done anything, like, dishonest while racing. Aside from smash her car into a bunch of other cars. But, I don't know, is that explicitly against the rules? Um, it's bad form, but... I don't think so. I don't know. Everyone just always assumes that Pizzazz is cheating at all times. Also, how is that hologram getting inside Pizzazz's, like, cockpit? Gem is behind her. I think to the right of her, actually. So this could conceivably be a hologram projected out of one of her earrings uh, through the helmet. And when Pizzazz hears that this is her conscience, she also is just sort of screams, impossible. I don't have one. She's very self-aware. She's so evil. I love it. She manages to pull ahead in this particular thing, but Pizzazz is still ahead by like a lap. Uh, so we now have five laps left. And then immediately we're said, we have one lap left. So I don't know what the point was with that. Eric is panicking again, goes to change his bet again, and just gives the bookie his entire wallet. And doesn't even get a receipt. He just gets a hot dog. With mustard. And Jem, her axle comes loose, as does the wheel. She has also managed to break all indie speed records, according to the announcer. A glam rocker has broken all indie speed records. All of them. Every single speed record, she has broken it. And then she starts to, like, spin, and she gets ahead of pizzazz by, they say, a nose, or should I say... A tail! Yeah, and yeah, she wins, and then spins off into the wall and smashes into it. Uh, some random dudes hop down from the stands, which, I mean, they even show the fences in other shots, so there's no way these guys should actually be able to get down there. But uh, some random dudes from the audience hop down, carry Jim away. There's a great close-up of one dude who just turns away from the car with this face of abject horror. And, uh, and then they run away and the car explodes. It, it just goes. It's like a huge gasoline explosion. I guess they just explode. Uh, we cut to the garage where the mob is about to completely wreck Eric. Andre the Giant wraps a crowbar around his neck. And you're pretty sure they're about to kill him or something when Pizzazz burst in in her car. Pizzazz drives in. She never stopped driving the car. And she somehow does like a perfect 180 turn. She's incredible. She corners Eric. Because somehow them playing at the ceremony was predicated on the mob getting money. I'm not clear how that whole thing worked. Point is, Pizzazz mad. Pizzazz mad, Eric smash, and the mob's like, wow, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, the mob is like, you know what, that's worse punishment than we could ever come up with. And then we go back to the winner's circle, uh, where they say, congratulations, Jem. You're the first rock star to win the Indy 500. I'm not sure why that's something anyone would be proud of. In 1986, she's the first woman to win the Indy 500. Yeah, wouldn't that be more interesting? Uh, she accepts the trophy on behalf of Martino. And then Rio hobbles up, bleats at her, and they smooch again. And then we get a replay of Back in Shape. And then we get another Superstar segment, but this one is our first replay. It's the replay of Deirdre not knowing how to guitar. I feel like we see that one a lot. I feel like that one gets repeated more than the others. Well, that about wraps us up here for this episode of the Gem Jam for uh, Intrigue of the Indy 500. Next week, when we are actually going to get into the two-parter, the eponymous Gem Jam. The Gem Jam presents the Gem Jam.
The Gem Jam releases every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, we are at Gem Jam Cast on Twitter. We are at the Gem Jam at just about everywhere else. Uh, we are also a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find us there. Uh, if you like what we do, if you want to give us a couple of bucks, that'd be super cool of you. Spreading the word is also great. So until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mech. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you, fools rush in where outrageousness fears to tread. <laughs>